We read God's holy and infallible word from Psalm number 14. The word of God reads to the chief musician, a psalm of David. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They're corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Of all the workers of iniquity, no knowledge, who eat of my people as they eat bread, and call not upon the Lord. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. He has shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad the people of Hartwick become as believers in Jesus Christ to share this life-giving message it is a life-giving message, not because it comes from us. It is because it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes as revealed in the holy and infallible word, holy scripture. And in Psalm 14, it points out our nature. It points out and shows us that all of short of the glory of God. It points out to all of us that it is a foolish thing to reject God. It is a foolish thing to say that there is no God. Psalm 14, verse 1, it says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Friends, look around you. Observe the creation. It has a creator. It has all the marks of a mighty and all-powerful God who made all these things. The sun, the moon, and the stars, the clouds, and all these good things that we enjoy have been made and ordained by Almighty God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and they show forth His handiwork. So that, friends, all are without excuse. You look around you, you take a seat on a park bench, you know that somebody has made that. And friends, as we look at the creation, at its beauty, its complexity, its order, we see that it has a creator, a wise, good, holy creator. And so it is a foolish thing, as the psalmist tells us, to say in our hearts that there is no God. That's what sin is, friends. It's the rejecting of the rule of God. It's the rebellion against the rule of Almighty God. It is saying no to God. 
and we would rather rule and reign over our own kingdom rather than submit to a holy God. That's us all by nature. All of us have sinned. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And friends, you come sharing a message, but for the grace of God, God. so would we be changed. there? You reckon? We yes. too would reject God, as the psalmist is pointing out. <laughs> the only way to have wisdom is by the mercy and the grace of God. If who hath said in his heart there is no God, they are corrupt. That is us all. We have not been made sinners, but born in sin. We have all broken the law of God, born in Adam. And as soon as we come out of the womb, we are at war with God. We need the grace of God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Many of us think we're not that bad. Many of us, when we look at the perfect, righteous, and holy standard of God, we think, well, I can't merit hell, can I? But friends, that's what we all deserve, myself included. The Christian realizes that by their own works, they are corrupt. The Christian realizes that they have broken the law of Almighty God. And recognizing their guilt, they see that they cannot save themselves. They deserve the wrath of God, but they then flee to the refuge and the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ alone. And so we come with this message that you too would see, number one, your sin, but number two, that there is a Savior, a willing Savior, who receives all that was in Him and in Him alone, the Lord Jesus, who is the Christ. Because there's none good, no that one. It says the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. See friends, none of us seek after God. There's none that doeth good, no not one. And we may think, well that sounds very extreme. It might even sound very harsh. But none of us by nature seek out after God. It is God who changes the sinner. Friends, you need Christ. And we pray that this day you would have eyes to see and ears to hear, eyes to see your sin and to see a beauty in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord looked down from heaven to see if there any did understand. Friends, we call upon you to look to Jesus. But why do you need this Savior? What did Jesus do? Jesus, who is true God and true man, came into the sin-cursed world. He suffered throughout his entire life. The creator of heaven and earth. He assumed to him self, a human nature. And as one person, through God, he suffered upon the cross. 
bearing the wrath of God. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ took our penalty. He took our sin. He took the wrath of God. He was crushed, bruised for our iniquity, so that whosoever looketh upon him shall not have to face eternal death. Friends, we pray that you would see your need. You would see this corruption in, our, in your hearts, found in every human heart, and see the perfect righteousness that Jesus offers to all who will look to Him and to Him alone. Oh friends, we pray that you would see this this day, that you would see your need and seek after God by grace and by grace alone. They're all going to side, the psalmist writes. They're all together become filthy. This is every single one. None escapes this. We've all broken the law of God. Part of the law of God says, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, there's not one of us who has done that perfectly. Actually, there's not one of us who has done it for any length of time while upon the face of the earth. There's only one, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who perfectly loved his Father in heaven. There's also the second great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. And as you go through the commandments, the fifth commandment, to honor your father and your mother, all the way down to thou shalt not covet. We have all broken these commandments, not just in our actions, but in our thoughts and in our words. We are guilty, condemned under the law in our own works, but in Jesus Christ, no longer the case if you look to Him, if you have seen Him, trusted in Him, no longer having confidence in yourself, having confidence in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. He is the one who has done good. Every moment of His life, fulfilling perfectly the law of God, keeping it in every jot and every tittle, so that if you are on Jesus Christ and you have trusted in Jesus Christ, God no longer sees your sin. You have been washed, cleansed in the blood of Christ, those who have looked to Jesus and to Him and to Him alone. And not only that, have you been washed, if you've looked to Jesus, you have been clothed. Clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ, so that if you're in Christ, by faith and by faith alone, the Lord looks upon you with the light. That is not possible outside of Christ for any of us, myself, Included of all the workers of iniquity, no knowledge to eat up my people as eat bread and call not upon the Lord. We pray this day would be the day of your salvation. This day would be the day when you see the folly of sin. This day that you would see the brevity of life. 
that you would see that this life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. Our life on this earth is so short. And Jesus, through his love and mercy, offers you forgiveness, eternal life in him. Which is more important? Our brief momentary life in this world or eternity with Jesus? Forgiveness in Christ. The righteousness of Christ offered to all who will trust in him alone. He has paid for it all. It says the psalmist writes, they were in great fear. For God is in the generation of the righteous. He has shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. In verse 7, Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. Zion, that place referenced in the scriptures. Mount Zion, the picture of the presence of the blessed presence of Almighty God. And the only way we can come and experience those blessings from Almighty God is in and through Jesus Christ. We must be viewed as righteous. Romans 1, 17 says the just shall live by faith. We must be seen as just in the sight of the law of God. And none of us, none of us, none of us have kept the law of God. Not just that we've broken the law of God, but none of us have kept the law of Almighty God. But we need that salvation to come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people. There's a picture here in the scriptures of his people being set free, redeemed. Whether that's the redemption that they find being brought out of spiritual Babylon or being brought out of Egypt. Sin is miserable, friends, and service of it is tormenting. It is a cruel taskmaster. And you will find liberty in Jesus. But you will find slavery and captivity. Oh, you will think you are free. You probably think now, I live as I please. But you are the servant of sin. You are the servant and slave of unrighteousness. You follow the flesh, the world, and the devil. But friends, there's true liberty in Jesus Christ. Freedom from slavery. Freedom from that which is a cruel taskmaster. That is sin. That is the flesh and that is the world. In Jesus, there is freedom. This is the freedom spoken about here. The Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people. Jacob shall rejoice when there is freedom from captivity, when there is freedom from the bondage of sin, pictured in the Bible as the exodus out of Egypt, or the deliverance from captivity in Babylon, being set free from the city of destruction, and being brought home, those who look to Jesus, to a heavenly home, 
being brought to a heavenly city, to New Jerusalem. The Lord bringeth back the captivity of people. Jacob shall rejoice. And when you look to Jesus, there is rejoicing. It is a joyous thing. Many people say that they would like to go to heaven or that they believe that they're going to heaven. But why? Heaven is a place of supreme joy. But why is it a wonderful place? Why is it a place that anyone would want to go to? Heaven is a place of no sin. Heaven is a place of perfect righteousness. Heaven is a place of enjoying God forever. And friends, unless you have trusted in Jesus, that's not going to sound very appealing, is it? The two options before you are heaven and hell. Heaven through Jesus Christ. Those who look to Him, those who see Him, those who see His beauty and wish to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. But then there is hell. And that is for all those who reject the gospel of Christ, who wish to trust in their own righteousness, who think they're not that bad, who think they're good enough. But friends, we will all stand before the, the throne of God. And when we, when we stand before God, naked, in our own works, answering for our own crimes before God, or... Will we stand before God, washed by the blood of Christ, clothed in His perfect righteousness? You see the difference, friends? It is a wonderful message. It is a wondrous message. And so the people of God, when they see Jesus and be in the presence of Him, they will rejoice and find gladness in Jesus. And Israel shall be glad. And friends, we urge you this day, do not seek salvation in yourself. Do not seek salvation in this world. It will one day turn to dust. Seek salvation in Jesus. You are not your own lawgiver. You are not your own maker. You are not your own creator. There is a God. You may reject Him in your mind and in your heart, but He still exists. He made all that we see around us. The heavens declare the glory of God. And it showeth forth His handiwork. We see evidence of his handiwork all around us and it reveals in the creation he is a good god he is a holy god he is a god of order a god of righteousness and that is the god you and i will all have to stand before one day friends it does not have to be in your own work if it is in your own work the end will be judgment. But if it is clothed in the righteousness of Christ, because you've looked to Him and to Him alone, you rejoice in His salvation. You rejoice in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
No longer rejoice in your sin. And friends, heaven is wonderful. But heaven is wonderful because Jesus is there. Because the blessed presence of God is there. Because there is the joy of the Lord for all eternity there. Without that, what is heaven? I want you to think of that. Do not be what the psalmist writes here. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. No longer think this way, friends. It is rejecting the obvious that we see all around us. But what we need to see, by faith and by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, is that salvation in Him is only found in Jesus Christ. You might think I'm too much of a sinner. I've done too many bad things. You have no idea what I've done. The Lord will save you, friends, if you will come to Him today. He will wash you. He will cleanse you. And He will clothe you. So that when you come to the presence of God, He will say to you, We've trusted in Jesus Christ. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh friend, we pray that you would find salvation. We pray that you would find rejoicing and joy in the presence of the Lord. And that you would be saved from your sins. Saved from what we all deserve, myself included. And that is hell for all eternity. That is eternal death for all eternity. But there is eternal life found only in one name. And that is in the name of Jesus Christ, who is true God, true man. And he reigns forever and ever. Amen. No, it's, it's inspiration is a very special art of